Hey, welcome, welcome, everybody. This is our first show. This is the first show of the Plugged In Podcast presented by Wave One Media. My name is David Macon. I'm going to be your host today. And our first guest on the show, the one, the only, Mr. Mike G. Appreciate you for having me. I'm definitely glad to be here. Man, uh, we appreciate you joining us for the first show. Um, this is a new concept that... Um, I sat down with Wyatt and uh, Landon, who runs Plug, and we were just trying to figure out what can we do to uh, not only cross-promote our audiences, mm -hmm. but we were all running across each other in these same spaces, but how can we kind of bring our audiences together in a way that people can kind of network, learn about what right. other people local here in the city got going on, and, you know, support or plug in to what they got going on, so... We looked at, you know, our list of uh, important people around the city. And, Mike, you right at the top of that. Appreciate and, that. Yeah, man. You're doing a lot of great things for Indianapolis. But for the people that don't know, uh, let's start at the very top. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Tell me a little bit about yourself and introduce introduce yourself to the people, bro. Yeah. So, um, so Mike G., Mike Gillis. I'm from Northwest Indiana. Um, so grew up in East Chicago, Maryville, Gary area. Um, and then came to Indianapolis 2011 to go to IUPUI. Graduated Kelly School of Business there 2015. Uh, fast forward to now, I have a couple different businesses. Um, a clothing brand in WDRFA stands for We Don't Run From Adversity. Um, and then I also do um freelance digital marketing work so that's really like my cash cow um the thing i'm most proud about um being able to like have a, a business being a young black male and getting other businesses to trust me um and to be able to deliver on that time and time again and then the other thing that i do that i really enjoy and passionate about is um blogging so um i'm a travel food type of blogger and I write for a couple of different publications um, and I get to travel to different cities and experience what there's like what their life is like from a local perspective as well boom so like you just dropped a whole lot on the people um, and what we're gonna do in today's show is really kind of just break it down a little bit so people can get a better understanding on how you able to do all of these things right. at a young age but also at such a high level. So first, one of the things that you touched on, just kind of rewinding a little bit. So you went to school out here at IUPUI, right. Kelly School of Business, mm -hmm. uh, which I know that that's one of the top business schools in the nation. I guess, um, how was your college experience? And then how did that kind of get you prepped or ready for what you're doing now? Because I'm a, I'm a guess that you did not go to school and major in blogging or major in uh, being an influence or anything like right. that. So what did you major in and then how did that prep you for now? Yeah. So uh, just to even rewind a little bit more. So before I went to college, um, I graduated high school and I was 17, not because I'm super smart or anything, but I started school early, you know, based on the birthday thing. So I started school early, graduated when I was 17. And um, I knew that I would fall into the trap if I went to a college town. Mm -hmm. So, like, my mindset was, like, um, how can I be in the city, like, and have that city okay. lifestyle um, while going to school and while not paying out-of-state tuition, you know, going to IUPUI or even a Butler or, you know, University of Indianapolis is something that intrigued me. But then mm -hmm. knowing people went to IUPUI and then knowing that it's right downtown in the city, that's what kind of drew me to it. 
So went there, knew I always wanted to major in business. When I got there, I didn't really know what part of business I wanted to do. And I quickly learned it was marketing. So majored in marketing and supply chain management because mm-hmm. um, those majors just work well together for me. And I I do utilize both of those in like my everyday work because I do right. have a digital marketing company. Um, so kind of foreseeing what social media was going to do. And then the supply chain management is like how I manage to do everything I'm doing. Right. Having right. to like critically think and process and put things in order for it to go smoothly is like how I have to operate every single day. Mm-hmm. To make some real progress, for sure, for sure. So you majored in marketing, and then that in turn led to you having your own digital marketing company. Um, what's your digital marketing company? What's the name of it? And what do you all primarily do? Um, like, what are you primarily working on or putting out on yeah, the digital so, marketing side? Um, the name is Boston Young Digital Marketing. And like the main thing that we do is help small businesses or any business Mm-hmm. Focus on like building digitally. So that can be social media, um, email marketing, their website. So okay. anything in the digital space that has to do with business and reaching people is kind of like what we're there to do. So it's kind of consulting in a sense as well. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So boom, the marketing side is one thing, but then you transferred over or not transfer, but there's another dimension where you're doing the blogging and the right. vlogging side of things. So I can definitely see how marketing can influence that. But how did you get started into blogging and vlogging? And then what do you mainly right. like blogging and vlogging about? Okay, so um, back in high school, uh, my brother kind of inspired me to like kind of be a journalist. So he was like okay. newspaper, yearbook stuff. So me just being a younger brother, I did the same type of thing. So I learned a little bit about it then. And then when I went to school, um I even talked to my counselor, like, man, is it possible for me to like minor in journalism? And he was like, honestly, like monetarily, it just wouldn't make sense. You could, mm-hmm. but you would spend more time here and it's going to cost more money. And you're still going to have to have all these other prerequisites. So just don't do it. So mm-hmm. it kind of killed me at the time because I'm like, man, I'm passionate about that. But, you know, in school, sometimes you find those trusted people that you listen to. Right. And it right, did work right. out for the better because I'm still in debt. But it would have been worse had it, I tried right, to worse. follow my dream and it still came full circle. But to answer your question, um, being in the city, being who I am, I start going to different restaurants and things. And I was posting on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. Yeah. And people were just like, man, how you always find these places to eat? And, duh, duh, duh. and I'm yeah. like, that, that fueled me to keep it going. And then I wanted to like have a platform or outlet to, uh, get that out. So I started reaching out to different publications. Nobody would hit me back. And then, uh, one of my followers was like, you know what? I've been seeing that you want to write for somebody. I have a plug at Visit Indy. So end up speaking with them and they liked what I was doing. They thought that I could offer, you know, a different perspective on what they were already doing with their blog. So I've been writing for them for about three years now. Okay. And that's how I really got into the blogging aspect of what I do. It made me want to storytell more. So it really kind of came down to you just making the decision that, hey, this is what I want to do, and then taking it upon yourself to reach out to these different publications. Because I, I bring this up because I feel like Indianapolis is a huge city, right? Right. And I know a lot of people that are interested in becoming influencers or bloggers, but they really feel like this is not the environment for it. Or right. they feel like they got to move to 
not necessarily a bigger city because Indianapolis is a big city, but they feel like they got to move around to make that those things happen. I guess from your perspective, um, it, that's not necessarily the case, but um, did you ever have the thought or the or the notion in your mind that you weren't going to be able to be a food influencer or blog or vlog here for any reason or um so to be completely transparent like when I graduated college I was trying to do what everybody else do is like go get a corporate job and growing up you know we're from the same place essentially growing up there like you see people work at the mill or you see people have mm. you know good jobs but they never like had the opportunity to like put on a suit and tie and go to work so like right. that was still like something that was a goal for me, like, man, I can really go work in a suit. Like, I got my degree. I got all this figured out. And it just didn't work out for me like that mm. um, based on some personal things that happened in life. And then, like, the professional career side of things just not really going my way. So, honestly, by, like, like what I've envisioned for myself at the time, not working out is kind of how I got into what I started doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I just kept it going and I always had great feedback from the community. So right. I never felt like I needed to go somewhere else to get that validation. Okay. So okay. everybody's situation different. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on what your goals are and what you want to do, um, I feel like it can happen here, but sometimes you need to assess what you might need to do and go into a different city. So um, just in terms <laughs> of how you developed as a professional and what you're doing now, did you start off with that corporate job and then you ended up leaving or how did that, how did it um, kind of kick off for you once you did wrap up college? It's like, I got the degree. Um, now what's next? What was the next steps for you after that? Man, so it's been a journey. So like when I graduated, um, I went, I had an opportunity to like have a job where I'd be like traveling for like a year mm-hmm. or like six months to a year, as long as everything worked out right. And that like fell through. And in that process, I had turned down a, a job to like make more money than I ever even made in the corporate world to this day. So it's like me mm-hmm. being what, 21 years old, turning some money down based on being able to travel. Um, I always was like mad about that. But then I ended up working retail, which is something I was super passionate about, something mm-hmm. I had done before. And that just opened up doors for me to learn how to do different things behind the scene in retail. Yep. That's what kind of birthed the clothing brand. So it's mm. like for, for everything mm. that didn't work out the way that I envisioned it, like it came full circle for it to like really be something I'm passionate about. So, you know, a clothing brand was birthed out of me having to go work retail and not make much money right after right. college. Um, me turning down, you know, a job to make a nice amount of money and being able to wear a suit and tie. Um, to travel that didn't work out came full circle because now I get to travel it's while I blog and vlog. So yeah. it's, it's just, thing. yeah, I started to, at this point in my life, I trust the process more than anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. right after school or while you in school, you're just so ambitious and can't nobody tell you shit. Like you're just ambitious. Like, no, I'm going to make this happen. This is going to work. And for some people it worked, but for me, it just didn't work out that way. Nah, I definitely, I have, I have a similar story and um, I felt I, I feel like I found my path through things not going the way that I exactly, exactly envisioned it. I was able to figure some things out. But um you brought up something that was um interesting in that in that uh last blurb as well, as far as you getting into fashion and starting your clothing brand. Right. So what's the name of the clothing brand and um, you know, what's your goals with that? 
So the clothing brand, and we, we really like to call it a lifestyle brand just because uh, we do see Indianapolis as a place that is growing and mm-hmm. that we can um, just help people see everything that's being offered here. So we call it a lifestyle brand because we aim to use clothes like as one of our main vehicles to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. the clothing was really created out of, um, one, it not being here in the city, um, and then two, us just really liking things that we couldn't go buy in the city as well. So clothing brand name is WDRFA, stands for We Don't Run From Adversity. Um, and, you know, we started off making jackets and hats, um, T-shirts, hoodies. Um, we were fortunate enough to do a collaboration with People for Urban Progress, helped them make their first backpack, made duffel bags. Um, and then even in this next year, we have like some really cool things planned. Uh, but the ultimate goal is to bring people together in the city, um, expose them to things within our lifestyle that we deem to be cool that mm. people don't uh, or we don't think that people patronize enough in the city. Um, and then also continue to just like be creative, get our ideas out and be able to um, start offering things that are, you know, super high quality. But with the purpose of teaching people like, no, this is the reason why, you know. I don't know. The comps they got song T-shirt is one hundred and ten dollars. Okay, and this okay. is why you know. And that that why that why piece is important. And I think what even made me kind of ask you that question is I've been to one of your pop up shop slash events, mm-hmm. and we got to actually rewind a little bit because you've had a couple of different types of events here in right. the city that have been like super engaging, different, and refreshing um in different ways but the most recent one was a pop-up event that you have for your clothing right and one thing uh me as a as a creative as a marketer as well i always took notice to how you had the products laid out how the space complemented you know the the event itself right and the entire curation of the event like you have you seem to have like a vibe Mm-hmm. Uh, curated when you come to your events. Um, I don't think that that's happening accidentally. And can you speak Not at all. to a lot of any of that? Yeah. It. Can you speak to that a little bit? How you put that together? Yeah. So, I mean, um, man, it's, it's definitely a process and it's something that me and my business partner, uh, GP have learned throughout doing the pop-ups is that we want to make sure that we can create an environment that people feel like they can't get when somebody else is doing it. So like we take pride in every event that we have and that's why they aren't as frequent as some of the events that other people throw. It's just because we want to make sure that we can deliver on like the intangibles every time. Mm -hmm. So whether Mm -hmm. people come in by product or not, is not really our concern. Um, We feel like if people like the product, that's great. But if people like the environment, that's the things that will get people to buy into the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's what will get people to want to come and do a tasting of some whiskey or go get some coffee or do all these other things. It's not about the product. Mm. Um, So like that process is, it's extensive because we're always looking for different venues and things that people haven't used in the city. Um, But also um, a lot of the things that we do are based on, you know, partnership. I mean, not partnerships, but relationships. So when we're doing something at commissary, that's, you know, a four month, five month process in the making. And then we happen to have it there. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. we do something at, uh, you know, James Dan or quality or print text at the time or got sold, that's a 12 year relationship, uh, relationship you know, that's been so, built and then it's, you right. know, it and changed. it's something in, in regards to our lifestyle that we really do enjoy. 
So we really do it, like, at least for me, for sure. Like, I'm at Commissaire a couple times a week getting work done. I enjoy their coffee. I like the vibe. So when I get to expose people to that in real time and curate it in my own way, it feels mm-hmm. real special. Yeah, man. I, I'll be the first to tell you, definitely from my perspective, I spent the last two years out in Los Angeles. And when I walked into your event this past weekend... I felt like I was back in LA right. or I felt like I was in New York and I feel like that's a vibe um that again it's because of the area people feel like uh you know if you're going to do something along the lines of a boutique or launch a clothing brand this is just not the environment and not the place right. to do it and you again um similar to the blog and the vlogging thing you found a way to kind of um shatter a lot of these stereotypes Create your own path and still make things work for yourself for sure. out here. So, I mean, like I said, man, I think that this is just something for everybody to take notice of. Um, and if they appreciate what you're doing like I do, you know what I'm saying? Salute. And know that you can do some of the same things that you're doing. Right. So, um, that's dope. That's, that's really dope. So the event this past weekend was fashion related, but I've attended an event. That you've hosted a couple of different events, but the I've also attended an event that you hosted that was um more food based. Yeah. Where we were uh it, it was a partnership or a collaboration that you did with Tinker Coffee, right? Yeah. We got to taste some coffee. You had uh debuted a, a TV, like a TV show yeah. down there, and then uh, yeah, was, we were eating off a of menu like the Mike G special off the menu. Right. So like tell me a little bit about what all that was about and how did you go about setting that up? Yeah, so I had caught that uh the brunch series. Mm-hmm. Um and it was short lived. It was honestly me just doing too much before it's time and okay. not really <laughs> understanding all the work that goes into it. So whereas like now you can see that we really focus on that. But at the time it was like, Man, I got people I want to bring together and I just want to do some shit. Yeah. And while that happened, it just didn't happen like it should have. Um but that event specifically, yeah, we um I interviewed Tinker Coffee before their time. Now they've been open five years and it's crazy. Um, but the brunch series was a way that, you know, when you break bread with people, it means something. So being mm-hmm. around people, being able to eat around people and just network and talk was something that I thought would be really cool because it's something, again, in my lifestyle that I do anyway. So the place is closed now, but it was called Taste. And I used to go there probably once or twice a month because I really enjoyed everything they had on their menu for breakfast. And, um, yeah, so the brunch series was just something that we really wanted to expose people to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to expose people to different restaurants because we did it there. We did it at Maxine's as well. Yep. Um, I was at that one as well. So can we expect to see the brunch series making a return anytime soon? Because I feel like... You were you were already doing the food blog thing, but mm-hmm. that's only went up over the last year, especially. But over the last couple of years, that's only went up. So can we expect the brunch series to to come back? Because I feel like now, you know, your ability to curate and put on these events has only gotten better. Um the brunch series was incredible, bro. Yeah, I know you said it was a lie. It kind of was, you know, you felt like you kind of threw it together, but you threw the right things together. And I think that everybody attended it had a, a great time. So on behalf of everybody, <laughs> when is the next brunch series? Uh, you know, when is so that coming back? I'll say that it'll, whenever it comes back, it'll be on a much bigger scale, like a much mm. grander scale. And again, that's because like the proper planning. So me partnering with restaurants on a Saturday, 
morning, right afternoon. It just don't make sense. They getting bread anyway. They, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Saturday, yeah, Sunday, yeah. when people got their free time, they already getting money. So they mm-hmm. don't really need me to bring people in. But if it's at a point where it's like, no, I want to buy your restaurant out. I don't care if y'all make, you know, 20000 in two hours. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Then you can really have those conversations because money is the ultimate resource when you could be like, nah, shut down to the public. Mm-hmm. But most restaurants here, they value their customer base or the people who visit in the town way too much to close for a private event like that. And those are the type of things that when you are in the L.A. that. It don't matter because in L.A., they see the value in this influencer, this person, this entertainer shutting my restaurant down. Mm -hmm. They see the value in that. Whereas to here, it's like, well, no, our customer, our core base and this and this and this. So it's a lot of barriers. um, But I definitely think when it comes back, it'll be on a much grander scale um, because, I mean, food is something I'm passionate about. And it's something that I do want to use as a way to bring people together. So the brunch series, you know, maybe some some other things, but I think it'll be uh, something with food soon. So one more thing I kind of want to ask as a piggyback off of that, you um you talked about some of the barriers and things like that yeah. that you used to run into, um, some of the adversity. Still do. And still running into it. But I guess how were you able to connect with these Restaurants or these places that you are hosting your pop up shops and get them to collaborate or work with you because I feel like that's one of the things that people feel like those resources or these spaces or people that are willing to work with them don't exist. So that's right. a lot of times the main excuse mm-hmm. that I hear. But you know, you seem to figure it out. You seem to figure it out. So what are you doing to get these people or convince these people they, um, you are worth their time, worth working with, and you can kind of, you know, bring a different element to their business or what they're doing. Yeah, that's a great question. And and I say that because, um, like I say, a lot of people, businesses, uh, companies, I reached out to in college just trying to do stuff just because I had ideas, but not knowing the right way to go about things. So um, a lot of these situations, some of these companies are doubling back to talk with me. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm doubling back to say, I'm sorry for even reaching out to you like that. But now I'm for real. Now this is what I can do. So I will say that um, that's where school helped me a lot um, in regards to just knowing how to communicate effectively to the right person that you're talking to at the time. Some people, you got to walk up in their business and talk to them because that's the only way they communicate. Some people, you have to know how to email. You have to know how to do that. Some people, you can DM. Um, Some people, it takes a friend of a friend, but it's the research aspect that you have to do as a creative, as a person who's trying to do something to know how to go and communicate with these people effectively. There's no one way to do it, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. I will say for sure, though, if you can draft a really great email and send that to somebody and that is going to read the email within the company, it definitely can go a long way. Uh, And that's something I learned in school. One of my favorite professors, I had emailed her one day just to ask about a grade or something. And she was like, yeah, come see me in my office. I went and talked to her. She was like, you would never send another email like that in your life. It's going to be like this, this and this. I would never respond to that. But that's something every time I'm drafting the email, every time I respond to the email, Mm. I think about her because I'm like, she really put that in perspective for me. Like, you know, why would I take you serious? If you can't even communicate effectively. So I say that to say it's a lot of people who hit me up on a daily basis who come in my DMs wrong or um, I have them email me. Their email looks bad. 
And it's not that I don't want to help people, but at the end of the day, advice not free either. Right. So it's like that's right. where the consulting aspect comes in. But um, yeah, communication is everything in any relationship. Communication and building relationships. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be definitely two vital things that was like critical to your success in the city. Um and you kind of answered my last question I was going to ask. I was going to say like, you know, what is like one thing that you feel like is critical for someone that has interest in becoming an influencer or a blogger or a blogger here in a city where you may feel like this is not the environment for it. What is the one thing or what is the one or two things that they can kind of really kind of focus on right. to, to, to take them to the next level or to get them to that next step? Um, I don't want to answer this for you, but would you say that it's communication and relationships or would you? Well, yeah. So since we already said that, I'll say community, uh, communication and relationships. That's definitely one. But the other thing would be to, um, trust the process, do your research and, um, know when it's time because sometimes people get into stuff and they just, they want to do it too soon or they doing it doing it for the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm. sometimes those kind of things show. So if you mm-hmm. are starting a clothing brand, no knock to you, it's a million clothing brands out there. Like we definitely not the first people to do it, first people to do it in the city or anything. But I will say the reason why we do it effectively is because it's been damn near a decade in the making. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that like you got to put your work in. Like you can't just like, yeah, some people are going to be able to take really great pictures. They just started three months ago because they got the eye. They could pick up quick. But other people, it's like it could take you three years. But once you put the work in and you start to master your craft, it's going to all circle back. So I would say that just don't be afraid to put the work in. Don't be afraid to put the time in yeah. and stay consistent um, because. Every like people who've been following me, people like you who really know me, uh, you can see my growth through the years. I see. And it, even man. though I can't see it because I'm like living in first person, it's like when I talk to people, they tell me about my growth opposed to it just being like me trying to do clothes for six months and shit didn't really sell. So and then, pops and I just, and then the I'm next. doing something else. Mm-hmm. So consistency and uh, knowing when it's time and really learning the craft before you just want everybody to support you well bro i'll be the first one to tell you if i haven't already told you a whole lot of times man you wanted the most consistent creatives that's consistently like producing and putting their ideas out for people to see to experience to touch and i'm glad that i've gotten the opportunity to attend a couple of your events i highly highly recommend those of you that may be watching or listening in to attend a Mike G event. Um, sure. And for those that don't know, how can people plug in to Mike G? We don't run from adversity. Um, Boston Young, like how can we plug into the Mike G movement? Yeah. So um, I will say the Boston Young in regards to digital marketing with that business, if you you know need any digital marketing help, consulting, things like that. Um, you can reach out. You can go to bostonyoung.com and we'll go from there. But um, in regards to how to plug into me, my personal brand and the clothing brand, it's just at where's Mike G on Instagram. Um, and I'm on a it's a soft launch now. I haven't really told many people, but where's Mike G.com is a thing as well. Uh, really been working on my website probably about the last six months to okay. 
have as that hub. So once you go to the website, you will find links to everything else that I do, mm-hmm. whether it be the publications that I write for, the clothing brand, um, and just everything that I do. So the website, you can find it there. Um, and then with the clothes, WDRFA.com. You can find, you know, all of our past releases, photos from our events, video, um, and then when things are available to sell there online as well. Okay. Okay. Well, this has been the Plugged In Podcast, episode one. Shout out to Mike G. Appreciate you. Man, we appreciate you, brother. For sure. Mm-hmm.